Good evening, Top Badminton. Tonight, I am joined by the one and the only Gordon Aldane. How are you tonight? I'm, I'm fine, Martin. Thanks very much. And, and how are you? I'm really good. It's, uh, we've got sunshine in Scotland, so you can't get any better than that, right? Yeah, well, I'm glad it's sunny where you are because it's not sunny where, it's it's not not sunny where I am. It's beaming here. It's really nice. It's, uh, yeah, it's been quite nice. It warms. The heat's in the sun. Have you had any sun at all? Yeah, well, we've... Not over, not over the weekend. Well, no, we have had a bit of sun, but it's been really windy over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, just today, uh, just today, I thought it was particularly hot. But in this, when you got into the sun, it just felt. Just, I took the dog out this morning. It was really windy, and I thought, God, it looks horrible. But then, just stepped out, and the sun hit you, and it was. Oh my God, it's really the heat in that sun's incredible. Aye, aye. Um, no, it's we we've. I mean, it's been warm here. It's been mild here today, but we've been out. Uh, I've been out walking with my my, my wife, nice. and it is it is warm. Uh, uh, but you, do, you, do you where do you work about? Where do you live? So I I stay in a place called Kirkcaldy, and and Fife, and I work uh, in a place called Glenrothes in Fife, which is so it's about um, a fifteen minute drive. It's about eight miles or so. Nice, um, it's not bad. So it's not. Is it? And have you uh, always been there, Gordon? Yeah, you know, yeah. So Kirkcaldy originally, or what? No, I was I was born in Dunfermline, yeah. um, which is twelve miles along the road. So yeah, that's still another five town uh, as well. Still, uh, still, still a five. Although in, in saying that, I, I went to uh, um, I spent a bit of time in Edinburgh. I went to uh, university in Edinburgh. That's, and, isn't, uh, isn't that the dark side? If you're if you're from Fife, isn't that going over the river the dark side? Well, it is, it is a little bit. The weather's always worse across there. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I lived in Aberdeen. I used to love going to the beach at night. And even when I came back to Peebles, Peebles, I know you know it, it's surrounded by hills. And it's quite a dark place. You know, it's just it's just quite... I mean, it's nice. Everybody comes to Peebles and say, oh, I love Peebles. It's really nice. But when you look out, there's hills. If I showed you a video, I showed you my camera. There's hills all around. So you really are in the dark. And when we moved to Aberdeen, we're like, oh, my God, how light. The light difference... <laughs> And the light, the different light makes your mood, I think, is incredible. Aye. So no, do, you, you're, you're, do you go to the beach and stuff? Do you take advantage of that or do you do much from the sea? Yeah, well, we do. My, my, my wife um, does uh, a lot of open water swimming. Oh, nice. Um, I, did that. I love that. Yeah. Really? So started. My wife's a big swimmer. My wife was a, a representative swimmer. She? Um, so she, she was a really good swimmer. So she... Um, was down at the pool maybe three or four times a week, but obviously now with it being shut, um, she started swimming in the uh, in the sea, open water swimming. When yeah. does she? I mean, I'm, I do that swimming normally about three days a week. I swim before work, normally about like seven o'clock. I would go down to people's, but like you say, it's killing me the pool being shut. And do you know, swimming is one of them. I mean, I don't know if you swim yourself, but it's it's totally solitary. It's like literally that if you think about running, you bump into people, you've got a now to give kind of courtesy. If you cycle, you see people. If you play golf, you you know, you see people. But swimming, your head's under the water and you know you're on your own. I mean, I'd go there for an hour and my head's under the water and I can't hear a thing. And I, I mean, I've, you, I've seen me swimming up and down for an hour, like for an hour, 100 lengths in the pool and I get out. And the net, the guy I've been swimming alongside, and he's overtaken me, and I've overtaken him. Isn't it nice to move on? <laughs> 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 I've been nice. He's overtaken me. I was like, God, it's you. He's like, oh. he's, he's putting your bins out for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. No, but does she swim with the sea? Does she swim a distance? Yeah, so she, there's 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 a kind of little a little kind of clubs. So my, my wife's a teacher, so there's a few teachers that that. Um, that do that and a, a couple of Lynn's friends. Open water swimming club. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So just in a place called Kinghorn, which is about right. uh, a, a village just along from Kirkcaldy on the coast. It's about five miles away. It's not far um, from Aberdower, so, is it? No, it's not. So the kind of Kinghorn, Burnt Island, Aberdower are, are within maybe two or three miles of each other uh, along the Fife oh, coast. Have you ever tried um, it? Um, Lynn's been desperate to... To, to, for me to go in, she's been trying to persuade me to go in, but I do a bit of uh, mountain biking right. and uh, I, I play a little bit of tennis now as well. So that tends to happen in the morning when Lynn uh, is going swimming. Thankfully, I was going to say <laughs> that's your excuse and you're sticking to it. Yeah, you're yes. constantly making yourself plans to go and do things whenever she goes swimming. No, I love that. <laughs> I love the. Does she swim? Is a wetsuit? Yeah, so it's a wetsuit yes, and uh, she's got all the gear, the beef 
orange floaty thing got, and all this kind so of stuff. So she got one of those really posy coats? The, yeah, the, 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 I can't remember what they're called, the dry coat That's or something like that. Something like that. And yeah, yeah. You know, when, the pool, got, when the pool is open then, people's, there's a, there's a woman that's an open water swimmer. And you know how you can't use your changing rooms? The pool just yeah. go there very briefly, and you've literally only got an hour. Which I don't know if she'd done it. If she did, what's it? Could you call Linda to say what's her name? Yeah, yeah, Lynn. when, yeah, so she, yeah. Whenever you, when you know, when you go, you've very specifically. I don't know about you know, where you where you are, but I only had an hour. It was eight till nine, and and you know, one minute past nine, you're out of there because they're doing a deep clean between nine and nine fifteen. So the next groups come in at fifteen. They've got fifteen minutes to work down, so you'd better get in the changing room. And all the swimmers would come with those coats on, with it. In the bikinis underneath the stairs, you go to change room and it was off the floor. I'm not getting them. I'm not getting them. They look really expensive. Oh well, I, I, I've not. I, I think the my kids ended up buying it, uh, buying one one for our Christmas. Yeah, nice. Um, so uh, oh, yeah, man. so how much they cost? But a lot of the swimmers have them. I can tell yeah, you that. Right. <laughs> right, let's get another question. So let's start with your obvious question. Your full name? Uh, Gordon Halbin. And your age? Oh, uh, 50. 50, same age as me? Yeah, well, I was I was 50 um, June last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're six months on me, I'm just out six. Yeah, nice. You, you, you look a lot younger than me as well, Martin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel very, very old, I have to tell you. I, uh, it's funny, isn't it, 50? I don't know about you, I find it quite, yeah, it's interesting. You know, you. I think you're unbeknownst to yourself. You kind of crab it in your late forties because you know fifty's coming, and then there's yeah. a certain peace that happens when you turn fifty. <laughs> you think to yourself, "I'm kind of there now, aren't I?" You know, you feel like, "Oh well, that was an anticlimax." Kind of, I don't know about you, but that's what, that's what I felt. Growing up to the two years prior, I remember thinking, you know, I had a real hankering for doing different things, and oh, I've never done this, and I've never done that, and I've never done this. And God, my life, is that it? Is that it? 48, look what I've achieved, nothing. And then you get to 15 and you go, well, I suppose. Are you home area? Totally... Home area, though. Where are you from originally? Where were you born? Uh, yeah. I'm from, from Dunfermline originally. Yeah. And stay in Kirkcaldy. And so tell me about uh, brothers and sisters. So the next question. Oh, I've got uh, I've got one sister. Yeah. And was she, did she play? Jill, Jill played. Yes, Jill was a very good badminton player. Um, so Jill, Jillian Halden. It's now Jillian Rogers. Is our married name. So Jill was um, was a very very good player. So she she uh, also played international badminton, um, Commonwealth Games, World Championships, Europeans, uh, all all that kind of good stuff. Wow, and. What age was she compared to you? You're older. So Jill was about a year and a half younger than I was. Yeah. So, and was yeah. she, were you two very competitive with one another? Yes. So, um, it, 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 I think because we both played badminton as well, um, we 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 were we were both competitive in a different way, um, a little bit more kind of aggressive than Jill is. Jill's a little bit more kind of laid back. But but still uh, very competitive. So she she shows her, her competitive side in a, in, a, in a bit of a different way yeah. uh, than 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 I than I might be. We also played mixed doubles together as well. Did you, did you really for a long time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we played off and on as juniors mm-hmm. uh, together, and then uh, played quite a bit uh, at senior badminton uh, uh, together we'll as well. We'll come to that. We'll come to that. And so. Did we hear the singles when you first started? Were you in the singles or doubles or what were you? Um, and also, when did, yeah, sorry, I'll come back to the oldies. Sorry, I was, I'm terrible for going ahead of myself. Oh, you're fine. Um, so, yeah, when my sister, and she's two years younger than you, is that right, Jill? Yeah, 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 um, roughly. Is it Jillian yeah. or Jill? Jill? It's Jillian with a Jillian with a J. Jillian with a J. And um, what age were you when you played? A badminton playing family, really? yeah. So they've done family and badminton leagues yeah. uh, at, at the time way back. So that would be kind of mid to late seventies, um, were enormous. Mm-hmm. There was a lot, a lot of people played. Saturday nights was the mixed doubles leagues, um, lots of clubs. 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and 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 uh, so because my mum played, my dad played, my granddad was a coach, mm-hmm. uh, my aunt played. Uh, so your mum's dad. Yes, my mum's dad. Yes. So they all, they all, they all, uh, they all played. My granddad coached. So you know, I, I would uh, get hold along, <laughs> my wow. sister and I, I guess, How good is uh, that? to some of the league matches and stuff. So you you, you just kind of started playing. Um, did, they, um, did they coach you, Gordon? Yeah. So in, at the very in the, the very early stages, up until I was about sixteen, my grandfather uh, coached uh, both myself and and my sister. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and also my two cousins as well. So my mum's sister, so my mum was a county player. Um, my mum's, uh, my aunt, my mum's sister was a junior internationalist. Uh, and both uh, my cousins, my aunt's children both played as well. So my cousin Ross was a junior internationalist, um, and as was my cousin Lindsay uh, wow, as well. So, what yeah, so is this all? Does this all come from your grand? What was your granddad's name? Uh, Jim Jim Elder Jim, was Jim Elder. Uh, was my grandfather's name. So that all kind of came from oh. uh, from 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 Jim. So that my, my granddad and and a few other uh, people um, did a lot of thing in, in, in the area, the Dunfermline area. This this they uh, did a lot of junior type coaching. Yeah, well. Um, so yeah, it was uh, really. My granddad. You coached a lot with a lot of people that went with you. Was there a lot of juniors going to these coaching? Yeah, well, yeah, I'll come back to those things, I suppose. Um, yeah. Where was that? Um, were there a lot of people together to get one-on-one coaching from my granddad away? Was it part of a group? No, so we're both, really. Um, so, my, you know, my sister and I, my granddad did a lot of coaching here in Kirkcore, did coaching, coached in Dunfermline as well. Um, so my, my, my sister and I would, would, you know, he was coaching people from uh, of all age groups, from ten, you know, right the way up to um, uh, nineteen twenty, yeah. and these kind of small clubs and venues. So my sister and I would would go along to these. So you were you were getting coached, but you're also playing against people who were uh, a bit stronger and a bit older. Than than you were as well, and my granddad also did a lot of individual coaching with myself and uh, and my sister uh, as well. So he, yeah, he's my granddad was a big a big influence on. Sounds uh, like, a, sounds like an influence on you and your sister and the and the whole community of Fife at the time of Babington, really going all the way up to Kirkcaldy and all that kind of stuff. And was he kind of was it the same kind of time as Andy Cook was doing a lot of his coaching? Was it yes. that time? Mm-hmm. So, so Andy would Andy, and I know I, I know Andy, um, I know Andy Cook, and Andy would be maybe I'm trying to think a little bit younger than than my my, my granddad. So, if my granddad was still alive, he would have been uh, one hundred uh, mm-hmm. this year. So, yeah. So, and I think Andy is is a little bit younger, um, but Andy would probably remember my granddad. So, when he was coaching, he must have been what sixties. Oh, my granddad was coaching right the way through. He played badminton. Certainly, when he coached my sister and I, he would have been yeah in his in his in his sixties, between sixty and seventy. Um, he would he would have coached Jill and I. Unfortunately, um, he's not with us any longer. But he had a stroke. I would think. I'm trying to think. Maybe about. I must have been about maybe sixteen, seventeen, somewhere around about there. Uh, um, that's a hard one, isn't it? When he's coached you and you've been really heavily involved in your life, and that must have been a sore one. Uh, yeah, it was. It, it, it certainly wasn't easy, um, uh, you know, from a family yeah, family perspective. It never is, but I think when somebody, you know, you have some. Sometimes people have family and grandparents who, you know, you go and see once every three months, kind of idea. But he certainly seems very involved. Uh, yeah. You know, and, you know, by contrast. No, yeah, yeah. No, he, it's a shame. He he's obviously, you know, to his credit, he's obviously done an amazing job with you, with you and and the community. So, uh, yeah. fair play. Um, yeah. what, what, could you, what else could you want? Gonna, you know, what else could you want to leave this world with a, you know, kind of a thing like that? Um, so why and where did you start playing? So you started playing. Mum and Dad, the granddad will go all the time. <laughs> that's basically, that's basically it. You know, it's, it's, uh, that's great. You know. It is, it is. It's basically how it kind of happened, and you kind of fall into it to, to a certain, yeah. to a certain extent. Was that kind of cliche where you've been forced to sit by the side for hours on end, and then you're waiting? You just 
itching to have a shot yourself and somebody <laughs> gives you a racket even when you're a six or seven and you go on that big court and you get a shot clock and you get to hit it and that kind of feeling you get I mean you see it you see I see it all the time I remember Peter Hardy and the board just being like that you know just you'd be by the side he was too young to play but whenever there was a break in between games he'd be on the court with his dad you know hitting shuttles at him and stuff like that it's a great thing isn't it yeah, uh, yeah. And do you have an inclination to coach now yourself? Does it, does it ever get um, you? Well, I, I, I do coach, so... Do um, I'm trying to think. So I, I finished... Well, I'm trying to think about... It must have been 1997. The World Champs, World Championships in, uh, uh, in Scotsdale wow. was my last tournament. Was it? Wow. Um, and um, I, I didn't really... I, I played a lot of rugby as a kid. As well uh, at Kirkcaldy Rugby Club, um, I was I played a bit uh, for North and Midlands under eighteen. Uh, I got asked to trial for Scotland under eighteen as well. What in rugby? Um, and yes, um, and because because of badminton, that was my first love. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't really take the rugby any further. But when I stopped playing badminton, uh, I was about 27, 28. Yeah. Um, I uh, started to play a bit of rugby again. So I played rugby for about two or three years afterwards. Um, my, my, my son at that point was about maybe five or six um, and he started to play a bit of badminton so I kind of started doing a little bit of coaching with, with my son oh. um, and then that kind of blossomed into uh, do, do, uh, getting involved with the, uh, the, 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 junior, the national junior programme um, and, and, and now I do, I do uh, uh, I'm one of the, the Part of the the national junior program, one of the regional coaches in uh, o- over in Edinburgh. Brilliant. Um, so I mean, it's it's. Uh, I, I, I was prior to that. Um, I was doing a bit of coaching with um, the uh, the senior development squad um, with uh, Robert Blair headed up that senior development squad, and and I, I would um, help Robert with the with the squad um, and, and coaching. So. Uh, you know, since Fraser had started to, to play, so I would say probably for about the last maybe 15, 16 years, I've I've, st- I've been pretty heavily involved yeah. uh, from from a from a coaching perspective. Uh, what do you think you learned? Do you think you learned? Do you think you have? Do you think you have it? Do you think you have it? Do you think you have it? Even now? Yeah, I mean, I think I think some co- coaching is uh, you know there are so many different different facets to coaching um, and and an understanding players uh, and, uh, and and individual players uh, that, that, that you're working with as well and I, you know what I tend to find is yeah in, in, in terms of you know not just physical you know tactical emotional um, uh, f- physiology um, the mental side of the game as well and, and, and understanding that and, and everybody kind of everybody brings different strengths and in, 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 uh, in areas for improvement to the to from a, from a playing perspective, so you know, I, I kind of find it's quite interesting. But I find that there are facets of uh, coaching, and and certainly in terms of management and what I do in my work as well, there are things that you can that you can learn and pick up and apply to, to both to both uh, both activities. Like what do you mean? Well, you know, if if you're if you're you, you, there are certain things that, that, for example, you know, if you if you're trying to uh, uh, at my work, so there's there's maybe about a team of maybe say ten to twelve accountants that that um, report into me. So that you know, you've got to build a team. That's right. You've you've, you've got to understand these yeah. individuals. And everybody's individual. Everybody has their own strength. Everybody has. There's yes. there's maybe no individual recipe that that says to coach you need to do this or you need to say that. You've got to pick out the strengths of each individual person and say, Daniel McGee, I don't know if you listened to that interview, that was an interesting one. He's done a lot of work on the psychology of coaching and players and, and how you, you know, it was, the example he gave was, you know, if, I can be, if I'm particularly good at a certain short cross-court slice, if I'm particularly good at that, I won't just go and teach somebody, right, what you need to do is cross-court slice. He'll look at what where somebody's strengths are individually and then make the most of that rather than, yeah, it's extreme. And what do you think of the physical side, Gordon? Do you, are you very physical coach? Are you, are you are you heavy and strict on on the fitness side at all? What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think 
I mean, I, I, you know, it often it can depend on the, the, the different development stages that, that, that players are at. Yeah. But, you know, the, the, the one thing to understand is, is badminton is a, is a hugely physical sport. Now, it's not, maybe not hugely physical from a, a, a contact point of view. But when you think about what you're doing with, with, with the game, you know, the agility that's involved, the amount of time people are spending on court, um, what, what, what you're having to do from a leg strength point of view, um, core, core strength, uh, etc. It's a, it's, a, it's a very, very physical game. And, and, and I guess you know, when kids are, are uh, coming through the system, if they've got any notion of, of, of being a, a, a successful uh, top-class player or, or an elite performer, then in, in my view, this is just my view, there has to be some sort of realisation um, uh, relatively early on that there's an element of physical physicality that's required. So does there become an element of testing, do you think, of where you, know, you kind of apply, push somebody, push somebody, push somebody, and then say, well, if you don't want it, then you're not going to succeed, are you, kind of thing? Is that, does that happen? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think so. I mean, you know, I, I, I have, I have seen it, um, and 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 the one, the one thing, the, the one thing that comes across, you know, in my experience, not just with players and and, and badminton, but also with my work experience, is, you know, you, you can take somebody who who isn't maybe the most, from an ability perspective, who doesn't have the most the, the most ability out of a group of of, of players or workers. But the, the, their, their attitude, yeah. if they've got the right attitude, yeah. then that, that, that that's is... That's me. See, that, that's what you described there. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I try very, very hard. I've always tried very, very, very hard. And I get so into it. I'm so passionate about it. But maybe I don't have the finesse of some people. You see uh, you see players that just go to anything. You, you either, it just seems to be that you're either a fighter who has to fight for everything. Uh, and you know you drift back your way through it and fight for it, and then you've got the other extreme of you get the people that just feel so natural to them, and they, they play the game effortlessly. And I've always been the first. I've always been a guy that fights, and then there'll be the one that would, and inevitably the one that was that with a finesse would win because they came across karma. They've got probably they've got better skills, and you know they don't have to race their heart till it's jumping out of their chest. They just they can take it in their stride, you know. You, there's certain players like that, isn't there? You just there's players that yeah. are just so. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I watch it on YouTube and, and on the telly, and sometimes just not everybody. The Danes are passionate. They really give everything, and they can see they give everything. The Asians are very yes. very good. That whether they do or whether they do or they don't, looking like they don't care, and it doesn't matter. And that's a huge psychological advantage, I think that. Uh, and, yeah, uh, I, I, th- I think I think it, it's very kind of you know to succeed at that level, and, and, and it's not just in badminton, and you know in any sport, uh, an, an elite level like that. Yes. You, you know, you, you, there's obviously there's a there are a lot of sacrifices that you have to make, yeah. and 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 that that physical sacrifice, yeah. and 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 understanding what you've got to do is is. Uh, is, is a big part of it, and there's not many people, you know, from a mental point of view, who can really, really, truly push themselves yeah. uh, to, to to a limit, or sometimes beyond that limit. Yeah. Um, you know, there aren't there aren't many people that, that, that in all honesty, that, that can probably do that. I still feel I still feel the same now. Even when I'm playing now, I give I give one zillion percent of every single game that I play, no matter who I'm playing against. And I have no fear of getting beat. I will play against anybody. And if it comes to it, I wonder if I can get one point off that guy. It sticks in my head. I'm not one of these guys that says, I'm never going to win, so I'm never going to win. See, the best tournaments you get where I am in Edinburgh, you know, these, these tournaments, and I know I'll get thumped. But I'm all for it. I'm all for it. If I can go in and play in the best standard, don't get me wrong. I wanted to, I wanted to play at Western, which is the best club. Charities is Zanzioni. Uh, is the best club in Edinburgh standard-wise. And... Um, and you know, I've said I'll, oh, I'll come. And I said, well, you can come, but nobody will pick it. <laughs> nobody will pick it. Come on, oh, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. That's, uh, uh, as, as long as as long as you're enjoying it, Martin, that's the main thing. I think it's clear. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think someone said this without knowing that for sure. 
Okay, that's a lot of questions. Uh, so you start, where did you start playing? What, what was the, was it a hall? Was it a school? Was it, is it the same place you went to all the time? Or? Yeah, well, well pr- pr- pretty much the, uh, I, there's a, there's a, there's a club. My granddad was uh, uh, heavily involved in a club called St. John's in, in Dunfermline. Yeah. Um, and that, that club um, was, was, was huge. So that was a Sunday night there, club night. So the first hour on the Sunday, six till seven, was uh, for juniors and junior coaching, and then seven till ten, the, the, the adult seniors would come in and, and, and play. Great club, four hours. So, four hours, what a great club, right? Oh uh, yeah, it was great on a on a on a Sunday night. Absolutely brilliant, big big social club as well. Um, so so you know that's where a lot of my junior coaching, well my granddad, I went along. He, he was doing there was that a number, not just my granddad. That first hour would be juniors, and maybe about maybe. 20, 25 juniors we'd been in a four-court hall. Um, so there was my granddad and, and, and a few other people who uh, uh, who would be in do, doing a bit of the, the, the coaching there. And then my sister and I spent, there's a, Bawiri High School that, that we were chatting about earlier um, has a, a big games hall, it's a four-court games hall at Bawiri High School. And that's where Jill and I did the vast majority of our training. That's a concrete hall, uh, right? Yeah, well, it, it was... Um, it, it's not now, um, but it, but it was a concrete floor with a, a kind of green matting on it. But that's where Jill and I did. Poof, I've spent half my life in that mm-hmm. that badminton hall, mm-hmm. uh, probably. Um, so yeah, that, that 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 these are the two places that certainly stick in my mind. Wow. And so when you could you get access to because your granddad was a coach, could you get access to court time whenever you wanted, really? Yeah, I mean they, they were pretty good. I think. I think with Jill and I, because we were we were both kind of junior internationalists from a relatively young age. What age was that? Um, so I I got my my first junior cap at thirteen. I think Jill was twelve. Um, um, and um, the uh, the because 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 uh, we were recognised uh, at a national level, then it made it slightly easier to get court time. Yeah. Um, in, in the halls, but you were jostling with the usual, you know, five-a-side football, etc., to to try and get court yeah. time. But they were they were pretty good with Jill and I. Yeah, funny. I had an interesting conversation with Richard um, Vaughan. I don't know if you heard that on Saturday. Um, he was talking about he was that he went from Wales to Ireland to chief exec for Ireland and ended up being um, well, he was he did some part-time work for um, Spanish badminton. Through an agency, and that agency eventually contacted Maurice Island and said, "There's actually a position come up for the head of squash in Australia." Right? So he emigrated. Right. He's emigrated to Australia, and that, that's now his family. That's where he's been there for six years. Um, he's not with squash any longer. But we're talking interestingly about courts and you know the differences between squash and badminton. And he said there's a big problem with squash is that the big thing about badminton is that the whole of multi-purpose. Where squash, you think about squash, you're absolutely like it. You know, you've got a squash yeah. courts and that's it. And there's all, and it was really interesting, so I'm digressing, but we were talking about the differences of mentality of squash players and badminton players and how kind of, I don't know about what, how you feel, but I think badminton players are quite um, um, quite showy. Right? They're quite, um, I think they're quite exhibitionist. Exhibitionist, that's a good word. Right? They're exhibitionist. But squash players aren't, because they live in a room with two people in that. <laughs> you close the door, you can't even see outside unless you glass back door. So squash <laughs> players inherently are quite not unsociable. They're not exhibitionists, and badminton players obviously are. So anyway, I'm going on a massive tangent there. Right, no, on. no, you're, you're you're fine, and I think it's a, it's a good point you make because you know, but badminton is a very certainly when I was growing up, there was a big social aspect to to badminton and, and clubs, and and the interesting thing about badminton as well, Martin, is is that. You, you, the 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 genders can mix, you know. So so you go along to a club and it's not just guys, it's not just ladies. There's a, there's a mix of, of genders along at the club as well. So badminton's a kind of a wee bit unique in, 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 in that respect. There's not many sports where a guy where you know if you got if you've got three guys and one girl that you could get a game of. Yes, you're, 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 you're absolutely right. You're absolutely so you right. And I think was, that's where Barbara. Julie Hogg there when you were there then? Oh, yeah, so Julie. Stevenson, was it? Yeah, it was, well, it was Julie Stevenson and her sister, her twin sister, Karen, uh, as well. So so Karen and Julie also played. So I think they're maybe about, they're 
Julie might not, Julie and Karen might not thank me for this, <laughs> but I think they're maybe three or four years older than yeah, I am. I think you're right. Um, I think you're right. I think they're 53, um, I think Julie said. And did you see the interview yeah. with Julie? No, I, I listened to uh, the one you did with Robo and... Uh, you should Mignon. listen to Julie because obviously it's very topical about Dunfermline and she talked a lot about the number of clubs and, and the leagues and the amount, just the sheer number of players. And yeah. if you like that interview, it's great, it's very interesting. And Andy Cook is also, Andy Cook is also very good because he talks about people coming in. There was a question I was going to ask you about people coming in. So when you had the club in Dunfermline, would, would you find people would come from other places to play or was it open like that or when you put would people come from other places to come and, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you got you got you got a lot of that. You got a lot of people uh, coming from, like kind of Stirling. Yeah. Um, Just wherever. Because uh, uh, your club was on yeah. a Sunday night, and then maybe they'll play somewhere else on a Wednesday or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and 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 it was very, and I think you know St John's became that that particular club. Uh, became a, a a big club, but there was a lot of good players at that club as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, latterly, I think Julie and Karen played at that club. Russell Hogg, which was uh, uh, Julie's husband, played played. Uh, Russell was a, 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 a. You might have come across yes, Russell's name. Fantastic know, player, yeah. uh, huge amount of caps for, for for Scotland. Russell played there as well. Um, myself, uh, Jill, my sister. So there was a there was a number of. Uh, uh, Kind of Scottish internationalists yeah. that, that that played uh, that played I at that club. So club and it's it's funny, isn't it? When you I run a club in town in Edinburgh, St George's School in the West End by near Christopher, and yeah. I started that off, and you know it started off as a summer club really. And what I find interesting about what happened then is first of all with social media, it's so easy to get a message out to to groups yeah. of people. And I immediately started by making a group of people and just adding people and adding people and adding people to a messenger group effectively. And then, you know, what interests me about Abington is when somebody knows that somebody else is going to play, is going to go of a good standard, then other people want to go. And it it goes on. You know, if you say, oh, such and such is coming, even if it isn't true... (laughs) (laughs) you're giving your secrets away now and it certainly brings in people such and such going here come on that oh I need to come on that I need to come on that and before you know it you've got a whole full of great players that want to compete and then I walk on court they just roll their eyes (laughs) but quite often they'll just set up games I really enjoy that set up games and you get really good standard of players they say but in advance you know who's going to come and I'll say it right okay before you know, we're going to come, it's a social game and all that stuff, but I want to see you, you, you and you against each other. And that's really good fun. Yeah. I love doing that. I love that. And just getting, yes. groups, getting groups together like that. So, yeah. No, it's, it, it yeah, is no. good. And I think, I think you, know, Julie, you know, Julie would, obviously I haven't listened to Julie's interview, but you know, Julie would, would probably get that message across as well. I mean, at that time when I was growing up, between, say, maybe the age of 10 and 20, badminton and Dunfermline was, was enormous. Ab, 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 absolutely enormous. Um, you know, mixed leagues were on a Saturday night. Very often there'd be a social element after after the uh, really? after the, the the league games were finished, etc. It was a huge. Yeah. Uh, it was a big deal. Uh, and yeah. that's, that's, uh, it was good. Principally, I think that's where it starts. I think that principally, if you breed, if you make a, it organically grows, and it can still do it. When I started it, and it's like within you know, I was getting twenty-five people on a club in the summer. In the summer. 25 people because when all the clubs had finished, all the people was a lot of badminton was saying, Where am I going to go now? Kind of thing. And if it was yeah, pouring yeah. rain or something like that, you couldn't go out on your bike and stuff. Where can I play? And I would just start sending messages in, You fancies, you fancies. And before you knew it, I was getting, let's say, 25 people a week and, you know, before buying five tubes of shuttles a night, you know, hiring a boat for two hours and I kind of get that home and then go somewhere else. And, it's amazing. It's still, it, believe me, it's still there, but it needs an orchestrator. It needs somebody, that, that person, who who says, right, just get in a messenger. It's so easy. Get a messenger group, invite somebody you know, draw a complaint, and then before you know it, send a message, such and such is coming, and then such and such is coming, and before you know it, that group becomes, you turn up and go, what the fuck yeah. how did we <laughs> How did this happen? I thought you yeah. were going, I thought you were I don't have enough space. It's madness. But the, <laughs> and the great, the new, the mathematical side is the more people that turn up, the cheaper it gets. Aye, 
Well, you know, it's it'd be interesting. That I, I, you know, I, 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 I noticed you'd interviewed Alan McIlvain uh, as well, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see um, or, or listen to some of the. I was going to say some of the older participants in the interviews, but you know, some of the the more senior people that you've interviewed, because I think what what might come across. It'd be interesting to see if it's a the, the club. The club element to, to people's development and their enjoyment of the, of, of yeah. the game as, as they've improved and gone up through the through through the, uh, through the different standards and, and their ages, how big an impact that's had on the on their game. I suspect it'll probably be pretty big. I think it's massive. I, it's funny. I had that same. I asked that same question to. I can't remember who was I talking to. Was it Adam Wall? It was. I think it might have been Adam. And I just said, I said so. I said, of course, you've been playing badminton all week and you go to your training and you do this and stuff. And your mate sent you a text saying, you fancy going to play badminton tonight? I said, what did you, what did you go? He says, oh, no chance. Absolutely no chance. And then the Irish, the, the, the McGee's, Sam, George, Dan, Dan said, when you go back to the Rafaul in, in Donegal, would you um, do you go and play in the hall? In the, in the old church hall? He says, oh, yeah, the whole family goes there. It's a total social event for... Yeah, but do you know, did you watch? You need to look at those interviews. They're good as well. And the McGee's, uh, the McGee family, great uh, crowd. Um, no, it sounds it sounds good. I mean, you know, and, and that's my I ended up being a more of a, a doubles player than a singles player, and, and, and that was the it was the club environment that that probably dictated a lot of that. So a lot of our, our club games were were gents doubles and and, and, and mixed doubles, for, for for example. So and and, and the, the social aspect of you know when you're growing up and you're you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, and you're going away, you're, you're, you're playing these games and, you know, you, you get matched and people have got a big buffet spread on for you. There's cakes, there's there's sandwiches. You're playing in these club halls and, you know, the the uh, the, the back line is, is a metre up the back wall or something like that. It's uh, uh, it's it's a real experience. It was great. It was great times. It was great indeed. <laughs> I think I was talking to something about schools. I'm trying to get to the bottom of that because schools... Um, it wasn't instrumental in my kind of band playing, um, but you know, you, there was a few people. Willie Hislop, I don't know if you know Willie. He was talking about um, he played in Kalook, and right. there, was a, there was a teacher in the school, and she was there for six months. She she just misses what her name was, and she came for six months from a convert from a different school, and she was at the band and she started playing, and she was there for six months, and there's a whole group of exceptional band players. All because that one teacher, six months in a school, kind of. School is, I just, I don't ever think it's such an obvious thing. You know, school is, you know, you're there. And that's why I love the idea of the school sport. This whole thing of, of, you know, in between classes when you've got three periods, you just go and get back and coach. And how awesome is that? You know, I mean, you're at school and, you know, when you're in fifth and sixth year, you get so much. I know my son's, he's 19 now, but when he was at school, he would come home and walk home, you know, with that rucksack on his bag in between. And you think to yourself, waste of time. Imagine somebody said to you, right, okay, see in that period there, I'm going to be here and I'll be here for the coaching year and that. Wow. you just be like that. Right, okay, get, get, you know what I mean? How good is that? Aye, aye, you can have a aye. whole school like that. It's amazing, I think. Yeah, yeah it's, it's totally, I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, the whole the whole school thing, I mean, that that's how I started to play rugby. Um, uh, was, was it, when I was, I played football at primary school, went to high school, Kokori High School. It was a big rugby playing school, yeah. uh, and there was there was one guy that a, a, a guy called Bob Eason, um, who was the head of the PE, and and uh, and Bob Bob was a, uh, a a big rugby guy. Yeah. Um. So it was a, it was a rugby playing school, and and, and you know but I think I think Bob went on to uh, coach um, some of the he worked for the SRU, did a lot of coaching with some of the elite level juniors, uh, and, and, and with with the SRU. Um, and also went on to work for Sports Scotland as well. Really? Um, and and uh, but why has that, you know, that happened? Why? Because that still happens. That no question about that. There is people in schools who are into rugby, and they can take a group of kids after school into the rugby field and play rugby. But why cannot that? Why can that not happen in Baden? Why does that not happen in Baden? Why doesn't somebody? You know, why isn't there somebody... And obviously, rugby is very, very popular. Football is very, very popular. But why is it a teacher is allowed with health and safety and child protection and all that? Why can somebody take a group of kids into the rugby field and somebody can't go into a sports hall and take a group of people to play badminton? I just don't get that. You know? That's, uh, you know? I, I mean, I, 
I'm not sure, but I know I know that probably I'm trying to think. You know, when I was at school, it was towards the back end of my schooling that that the uh, the, the the teacher I can't remember the exact nature of the dispute, but that's when the teachers did stopping yes. a lot of extracurricular yeah. uh, activities. So the coaching, whether it's badminton, whether it's rugby or or, or whatever, um, that that's when all that stopped. And 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 certainly here in Fife is never a big badminton playing area from from a school's no, perspective no. Uh, there was little pockets here and there but it but it was but it wasn't no. huge um and and but i'd cert- you certainly notice and I, my wife's a teacher um uh, and Lynn has a kind of view on this as well but you certainly kind of notice that from that period when the teachers uh, started doing a lot of the kind of voluntary extracurricular type yes. stuff um that, that that there was less opportunity for kids to to get involved in, in, in sport and badminton obviously was impacted such a shame. in that I as think well. It's such a shame. Let's go back to my question, though. I'm only on question seven, and I've already been talking to you for 40 minutes. So, <laughs> get the tea on. Get the tea on. <laughs> so, it's a carrying tonight. <laughs> get the tea on. Just probably the scene right now. Um, do you remember your first racket? Um, wow. My first racket was um, a Sambata. What? Sambata uh-huh. racket. I've no idea. I don't know what it's called. Um, it was it was uh, a Is racket I got from my grandfather. Sambata. Yes. Wow. That 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 was my first my first racket. Um, got got it from my grandfather. Um, and that's that's what I played with. I mean, I, I've no idea what it was, what the model of it was, or whatever. But that's wow. uh, that that that's what it was. I'm reading I'm, I'm it, but I can't see anything. Well, uh, the name of your first club was that St John's. Yeah, it'd be St John's. It'd be the first club. Do you remember yes. the first club you when you got coached at Birmingham? Really, really plastics, or were you defenders? Yeah, it'd be Carlton Plastics. And your coach was uh, your granddad, Jim. Is that right? Yes. Jim, yes. Yeah. Jim. That's good. Um, do you remember your first? Do you remember your first ever tournament and trophy? First ever tournament was wow. I, th- I think it was the Scottish primary schools uh, up at the Bells That's in good. Perth, um, and it was it was my first tournament. I think from memory, my mother's told me the story, but. The, the school, the primary school I was at wasn't affiliated uh, to, to Badminton Scotland. So to allow me to play in the tournament, my grandfather, uh, under, under permission from the school, paid the affiliation really? fee uh, to, 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 to Badminton Scotland. Wow. Um, and uh, I, I got to the final of that, of that tournament. And you were 13? Um, well, at that point, I was, I was 11. <laughs> Yeah, at that point, final of the, the the primary schools, the singles uh, played a guy called uh, David Wallace in the in the final. David was from here, um, and I think David went on to play basketball for really? Scotland. Really? Yeah, wow. yeah. What a great story! Um, trophy. But you still have the trophy. Woofed. Now you're asking. It, it, it might be somewhere. Uh, we we've, we've moved house two or three times. Um, uh, since Lynn and I got married, it might be somewhere. We always the singles player, singles doubles or mixed. Yeah. When did you start playing doubles? Double, double, doubles and mixed. Yeah, yeah. Singles. I would never describe myself as a singles player. Why not? <laughs> um, I think just because. Um, I, I think because of because you know, as I was saying earlier, because of the uh, the amount of doubles and mixes that we played, actually, the, the there were too many people in the hall. That's what you would say. Yeah. Whenever you went, whenever <laughs> yes. you went, there was always more than two. <laughs> yes, so you were always playing doubles, um, and it was it was it was. Uh, I, I did play singles as a kid. Um, I got you know I got I'm trying to think got the final of the Scottish Nationals under fourteen under sixteen singles etc. But I would yeah. never. Never described yeah, myself as a singles player. Now you follow up by saying I would never describe myself as a singles player, but I've never. No. Uh, 
No, I wouldn't. Who was your main competition growing up? So would, was there? I think you. I think you were instrumental with your sister. I would say that Jillian. You know, she. I would say yeah. if I asked her that question, she'd probably say she strived to be you. Do you think? Uh, well, she, 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 she might do. I mean, obviously, your, your age group you have as you're growing up, you have people that, that you, you, you end up playing quite, quite a bit. Um, so, you know, for my first couple of years, I would say from about maybe 13 to maybe 15 was a guy called Fraser McDonald from Perth. Um, and Fraser and I um, had, had some, some ding-dongs uh, uh, playing singles. Um, and, and Fraser would probably come out on top most of these most of these battles as well, I would say. And then there, there are other guys that I, that I remember have really fond memories. So names Alan Paisley uh, uh, from Lanark was was a uh, Stephen Collins from Lanark as well. Um, uh, Robo Craig Robertson was probably a, a year or two younger than me. Um, David Gilmer as well. Uh, Dave and I played a lot of doubles together. Um, uh, when we were maybe about from about maybe seventeen, right the way through as seniors uh, as well. So there's a lot of guys that, that I have fond memories of, and and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, so there's not really one player I would say. There's probably a, a, a number no, of kind of maybe yeah, three or four got, different players. Got somebody driving. I'm always interested in that question. Is that normally there's only somebody who'd say. Stand that guy. I can't, we'll never get drawn against that guy. It's a, it's a nightmare. And it makes you better, you know. And, and you talk of Jim Mailer told the story about him going to the Bell Sports Centre in Perth and he got thumped in the first round by a guy 15 2. Um, I think it was he just felt so embarrassed, like mortified when it happened. He was mortified. And he came away and he said, That's never going to happen to me again. Yeah. And you yeah. know, he fought, he fought, and he fought. And then the next time he went, he thumped the guy. And right. how good is that, right? And I'm I'm quite interested in that subject. That I asked Richard Vaughan that question because he's obviously been an international player. And, and on Saturday, uh, asked him a question about losing, about losing. You know, because yeah. I was talking about, especially at the moment, how you know you travel all around the world, and you know the McGees and stuff like that, and various other people, various players. John Hart travelled to all England. You know, various people travelling all over the world. You know. So you leave your home, you pack yourself up, you book yourself a flight, you book yourself a hotel, you go through all the quarantine, you've been, you know, isolate for five days, right? And then you're stuck in your, you fly there, and you get off the plane, you get a bus to the hotel, you change into a room for 40 hours, you cannot leave it, all you're eating is back, uh, bags, foods, bags, foods, out of a, you know, takeaways, sandwiches and stuff, in a hotel room, four walls, they're going to start crazy, right? And then you walk on call day one and you get some. <laughs> I know. It's, and you think okay. it's like a week of you know aside from all the training you do as a matter of course you've got all that you know all, you know just the idea of arriving somewhere it must be I don't know it's just God it must kill you you know I I mean it's it's I, I, I don't know I mean I, I, certainly from from my perspective in terms of of, of growing up there's probably I mean. You know, I think I'd say to Ella, Fife wasn't really a, a kind of massive badminton no. area. Um, and, you were and, unusual, yeah. Well, not not necessarily, and, and, and this, I guess this is this is um, kind of where I'm getting to with this is a, a bit is. Um, I mean, Russell Hogg was um, uh, also from Fife, from Dunfermline. Yeah. Russell was maybe a, two or three years older than I was, and from my point of view, that was somebody to, to look up to. Um, and, and somebody that you know, you don't get a lot of people from Fife who uh, who are managing to 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 compete and and compete extremely successfully on the national stage uh, and also the international stage as well. So you know, it, it, it was somebody who who you could look up yes. to uh, and and and, and help kind of yeah Very yeah. It's, I mean, that probably for me, I would say. Is uh, was was probably a, a kind of big help for me, and, um, and Russell helped me at different points in my my career as well. So my badminton career. So um, you know, it was it was uh, that that's the one thing I do remember is you know saying oh you know, Russell was able to do this or able to do that, and that's mm -hmm. what kind of. So did he um, give you? Uh, did did he give you beliefs that you could, you know, when you maybe when you're leaving school and that kind of thing, and then you think to yourself. Does he give you belief that there was a career to be had in this outside of 
being a player, but outside of, you know, when you finish school, everybody's the same, aren't they? You say, right, what am I going to do now? You've got the career guidance teacher and they say, okay, what are you going to do? And, oh, I'm going to be whatever, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And you say, I'm going to be a rugby player in the Lafayette or whatever. So he gave you, he was that guy. Interesting, I had a conversation with Dan McGee or Sam McGee, actually, and Josh McGee, that Chloe McGee was the first. She left Rafal to go and train in, I think it was in Sweden. Um, so she was in Sweden, and then, and then because she had done that, she was getting, she was being coached, and she was in Sweden, and she was living in Sweden, and she was making a wage from it. And because she'd done that, Sam thought, that's what I want to do. So she, he then contacted, can I come and stay here? Yeah, no bother. So the two of them went, and then, and then Josh did the same thing. But the point I'm making is that you know somebody has allowed them to believe that there is something other than just a hobby in this. And I guess that you've had that maybe. Maybe Russell gave you that. Yeah, I, th- I think. I mean, it's, you know, Russell was somebody. Russell was a was was a, a very kind of very professional mm-hmm. uh, in, in his approach as well. And I think it was the example uh, uh, to, to, to a certain degree. He was very successful, um, and, and it was a good example uh, uh, to follow. And I, and, and I think that that kind of helped. Yeah. Uh, it certainly helped me. Um, what do you mean uh, when you to, say to, professional? To what do you mean by that? Well, he was he was very Russell was very kind of um, when I say professional, what I mean is he was very he was very thorough. Mm-hmm. He was he, he, he was he, you know he's he's yes he was very detailed. He, he was very professional his approach to the to the to, to the game. You know before before uh, these players became professional um, uh, uh, to a certain extent because the the sport here. I think it must have been about 1997 when the Scottish Institute of Sport was first uh, uh, w- w- first became an organisation, mm-hmm. um, and at that point, uh, people were badminton players were funded here in Scotland from 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 that mm-hmm. point forward, um, and uh, so you know there was a there was a time before 1997 where players were not necessarily. Um, full yeah. time just like what Jim earning Mayer, a living just exactly what Jim Mayler said where he was you know you had to get a job and he, he loved Babylon so much but he had to get a job that allowed him flexibility to go to tournaments to do this or to do that to pay his way but flexibility to finish early because he had coaching or start late because he had coaching or that kind of thing but he had to work right it's not like not like as you say now these guys that I don't know some of them do work hard they've got, they've got a, I really feel for these young professionals and think how can they possibly compete on the same stage as these people who, you know, they live? You know, I'm talking. Yeah. About sorry, I, you say. No, no, sorry. I was, I was just going to say. I, I remember. I try, I try to remember what year it was now. But Steve Badley um, was was the top English singles player for a long time, and and a, a very highly ranked player in, in the world semi-finals of the All, All England, etc. And he, Steve, came up and I uh, can't remember. It was maybe the early nineties, and was the, the the kind of head coach up here mm-hmm. for a, for a while. And I always remember Steve telling me, um, I can't. It, must, it might have been the Europeans at the Kelvin Hall or something like that. Um, that that he felt that the Scottish badminton team was that was the the brainiest badminton team mm-hmm. uh, of all the European mm-hmm. teams because what you tended to find is a lot of players uh, went on to university. Because they couldn't make a living out of badminton, but going to university, obviously you, you you further your education, but it also allows you to play for another three or four years. Allows you to play a lot of badminton uh, uh, as well. So that's very good at that Loughborough University. Yeah, and you'll find a lot of players. I mean, certainly, you know, when I when I was playing senior badminton for Scotland, there was, you know, there was. A lot of people went on to, you know, there was there was dentists, there was lawyers, there was um, uh, accountants, there was engineers, sure. um, you know, all, all these sorts of th- the people in the team. It was it was uh, you know that, that wasn't unusual. Yeah, isn't, that, isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's a good point. Um, your main competition going up right now. Right, well, finally, we're 50, uh, 54 minutes in, and we just got the current stage. <laughs> so, um, do you play in a club now? Present, um, present time accepted. Do you play now? Yeah, I, um, there's a club in uh, a place called Kinghorn where that's where my wife oh, yeah, does a rope water throwing. I've been um, to that club. I've been to that club. Oh, have you? When I oh, lived wow. in Aberdeen, I went to that. I played with. Who'd you get? Who'd, what do you call it? Stars and Cars. 
Thomas. O, Drew. Drew, that's right. Drew. And John Young. Yeah, John Young. And Ewan McDonnell. Yeah, I know all of these guys, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. There's, there there are some good players that that, that uh, pop along to it. So it's uh, yeah, yeah. and I, I think the reason you know that there's probably a lot of people are a little bit older at the club. Yes, that's right. So the reason everybody's got a decent back in this because nobody's quick enough to take it round <laughs> the head. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right. Oh, do you know that guy Andrew Frey? We said that then. He's he's no, from last year. Andrew Frey, and he's lives in Aberdeen. He's a uh, he plays at the club I think I think I do. Is he is he sure. doesn't have a lot of hair? That's correct. You and me, you and me. University lecturer. That's exactly what he does, Andrew. Yeah, Shrew, yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah, I know Andrew. Yeah, he's yeah, a nice guy. Yeah, he plays at um, <laughs> that's good. He plays at Nomads in North Bonington with Jesus and I because he works in town, so when he's yeah. Has he worked, I don't know when he moved to Aberdeen. No, he's he's always been in Aberdeen. He started working yeah, he comes in on a Tuesday night, but sometimes you and that's dedication, right? Work in the middle of Edinburgh University. Getting a train home, getting changed, and then coming back to North Morningside to to <laughs> off and to play at a club at eight o'clock till ten o'clock, and then get the next train home again. Is uh, well, yeah, but King, that was a, no, that was a, sorry. Tuesday night is North Morningside in Edinburgh. If you ever in town, you should come. Um, that's Tuesday night, eight till eight till ten, and then six till ten on a on a Thursday is Nomads, which is at the same hall. St George's. It's ideal, by the way, for the West. If you ever find yourself that way. It's ideal for because it's you know what's often is it's the west side of Edinburgh. Yeah, perfect yeah. for the bypass, perfect for, for coming over the bridge. It's not bad at all. Have a night yeah. yeah. And that's there's a long night. It's like six till ten o'clock. John Young comes. You know John Young. He plays all the time. Yeah. He loves yeah. Oh my God, he's a he's a, he's a he loves a John Yes, he's a big uh, Liverpool supporter as well. Is he? Is he? Yeah. If I phoned him now and said, "Oh, you're about to be with that," he'd be here by the house. I was not wrong with that. He starts really late, you know. He starts really late. Aye, aye. He's, he's, I mean, there's a. There's, the, the, the one thing that I love about club badminton is it's it's really sociable. But you also you get people with a, with lots of different backgrounds. Yeah. So, so some have started early, some have started late, yeah. some have started, stopped, started again. It's uh, it's great. You just all pitch up, hit your hit your badminton shuttles, and nobody cares really about who's winning, who's losing, etc. Oh, it's great fun. King Kong is very structured though. You get in and they say, "Well, you're winner, you're winner, you're winner," and there's not one second between the games, is it? Like you <laughs> on that, you on that, you on that. There's no. All right, how's it get that? No, on go play. Go. <laughs> it sounds a bit tiring. <laughs> it definitely was, but that was the. Um, so okay, current racket, nearly finished. Um. Current racket is uh, uh, the Yonex. Um, oh, I try to think. Is it an Aero something nine thousand nine hundred? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, Aero nine thousand. That's right. Yeah. Uh, do you know what tension you play? Does that play any part of your strength? Um, it's Bruce Flocker actually does my stringing. Aye, he does. Um, Bruce, Bruce doesn't stay that far from me, so uh, I can. Uh, not that he's had to string many rackets recently. <laughs> I know, of course, I know. He's, uh, um, but no, Bruce does the stringing, so I, I usually get mine done about 27, 28 yes. pounds. That's um, any type of string? Nope, not fussy. Usually, Yonex uh, titanium is usually uh, what would stick in it. Um, do you have family? Have you got kids? That's what I said, you've got Sandra Ross, is it? Well, no, I've got uh, my son, Fraser. Oh, um, and I've got my my son Fraser is at uh, he's at uh, university in Edinburgh, and my daughter Katie is at university in Glasgow. Well, well, my my son my son did play badminton um, up until about he was eighteen, so that's maybe about four years ago. Uh, Fraser stopped, so he got a he tore his hamstring uh, playing football of all things. Um, and so Fraser was a was a, a fair player, play, yeah. played played at a decent national level, um, 
but um, he uh, the hamstring put, paid to, to, to a lot of that. Um, he says and, uh, he's in. He's well. It's a bit complicated. He's at Ed, he's at University of Edinburgh, he? but he stays in Glasgow. Right. Um, so his his girlfriend's at Glasgow University, um, so they stay through in Glasgow. And my daughter, my daughter is uh, is um, better watch what I'm saying here. Uh, but she is very musical. So my wife's side of the family are very musical. Very so good. Katie did a lot of ballet, a lot of dance, a lot of singing, yeah. piano playing, creative, all, all that kind right? of stuff. Creative, more creative, more creative than. Yeah, quite right. Yes, yeah. certainly more creative than me. Yeah, I was going to say, no me, yeah. Um, and do you still like your men's doubles the best? Yeah, uh, yeah, men's doubles. I don't I don't have the, the, the movement now for, for, for mixed doubles. If I play mixed doubles, it turns into a James really? doubles. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Levels, <laughs> it's really. Uh, and what are you like? So I nearly finished. Are you nearly... Um, what are you like? Do you feel very competitive now? Do you get angry when you lose, or what do you like? Or does the body does it roll off you? Do you think, oh, I mean, I go raging? I I think I mean you you, don't, you never lose that competitive. Some that do. Competitive. Some do, by the way, Gordon. Some do, Gordon. There's a lot of people have said, oh, I'm not really bothered when I lose now. Well, I, I I I certainly have lost it. I mean, uh, the one thing I would say is is that you know because the, the, when you lose. It becomes a little bit more. It's a bit easier to accept a loss now uh, than it would have been maybe tw- twenty, twenty-five years ago, yeah. um, because it's much more. A, it's much more of a social, social game. And I think when you get to, you know, when you get to my age at fifty, you some of your physical attributes disappear. So you know, things like I don't have any flexibility in my back now, for example. Yeah. Um, so there are certain, certain things you can't do. And I know when when you play veterans badminton now. Um, you know, it's very difficult to get the shuttle on the floor because everybody's lost that little bit of power. <laughs> lost that little bit of power because your your, your physicality isn't quite there anymore. Have you done anymore. any of the bits? Have you done any of those? I, I, I played. Um, uh, I was when I was turned forty. Um, Craig Robertson and I played the. Uh, we, we went through to Largs and played the uh, the, the uh, Scottish Open kind of vets cool. thing um, through there. And we ended up winning it as well, as well. And that's the first tournament I played for a for a for a for a long time. Um, uh, but since I, I think I played it the following year, but since then uh, I kind of stopped. I, I got problems with my shoulder, um, uh, and plant. I got I got plantar fasciitis. I've got that. Which, I've got that now. Oh, oh yeah. How do you manage that? Brutal. It's brutal. It's a really weird, there's a really weird thing. I, mean, I don't think it ever goes, does it? I don't think it ever goes away. I think you still have it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not too bad now. I mean, I still have to probably, I do about 10 to 15 minutes of stretching, maybe four or five mornings a week, just to make sure it doesn't come back because um, I, I, don't, secret, I don't want I found a secret to get rid of it. What was that? And it was a really, really, really weird one. If you get your two knuckles like that, right? That, you're not going to believe this. But you run run that down your shin. Aye, aye. Down from your knee, right down your shin, like you press down as hard as it can possibly be. And those ligaments are connected to your heel. You wouldn't believe it. But you try that. I swear to God, try that. Put loads of pressure on the tendon left and right of the bone. Right the way down as hard aye. as you can so it, like, hurts. And you suddenly go, oh, my God. Well, some, I saw it online, and it really, really works. If you... You know, that, and it just some I don't know what it does. I don't know what it is. But apparently the that the that tendon at the front around your around your shin bone is connected to your heel. Really, yeah, oh, really? really, really weird that it works. Really works I still get even talking to you now, I walk I go walking if I play golf I start limping a little bit. That's a horrible thing, isn't it? Horrible. Really? Well I, it was. I mean I I'll be honest with you, I've not really had it for about maybe four really or five lucky. years now. Um, but when I had it, it took me about maybe five or six months to, to really try and shift it. It was really horrible. Really I don't know horrible. if not playing badminton has not helped it, but it's, it's, um, it went away. I think it started with bad shoes. I think that's how it first right. started. I was playing badminton regularly three times a week for a long time at a time. Yeah. And slamming my foot down to concrete floors in Georgia School. And I think that was bad. Sorry, I'll let you, let you right. one last question because it's an hour and four minutes. No the last question is, what is it that you love about badminton? I ask everybody this question compared to rugby and other sports. What do you think is different? 
Um, well, I, I mean, obviously, I, I think that there's a, there's a big social element to it. You know, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, there's a big social element to badminton. Um, I, I think that, and because you get both genders playing as well, um, you know, it's not just a purely a, a guy's thing or, or, or purely a, a, a ladies or a women's thing. You get both genders playing. And I, that's what kind of attracts me to it now. And I think, you know, when you're growing up um, uh, and, and you want to play a sport that, that stays with you for a long time. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good, it is a good sport. You, you make a lot, there's, you make, I've made a lot of good friends uh, through, through badminton of both genders. Um, and people that I've kept in touch with for a long, long, long period period of time as well. So for me, I think um, you know that 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 that's that's probably uh, uh, been one of the things that when I look, when I reflect back uh, that, that I've really enjoyed. And I think the, also the 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 it kind of suits it suits my my uh, uh, kind of personality a little bit from the point of view that I get bored quite quickly. So badminton's a very very quick sport. It's a very fast sport, you know. It's not a sport where you know I played football and rugby, where you know you could be in a position and you might never see the ball for for you know, long periods of time. You difficult to keep your concentration, etc. Whereas badminton, there's things going on all the time. You can be relatively creative on the court uh, as well. So, I that's that that probably sums up yeah, my uh, that probably sums I up my, agree, my view. I would agree with all of that. I think it's uh, yeah, it's a it's a for me, there's nothing else I can think of that's uh, that's anything like anything like it. And as we say, you meet loads of people. And one thing I would say is, I was talking to Richard about this, is you you get a chance during this time to be to quite. You've got you've got one thing about this moment. I think is you have time to reflect on your on your life and you know reflect on the without getting too deep about you know to think about things and people that you've met and what you do. And we can't play badminton, but at the very least, you can think about. I remember him. Gosh, remember him? And that's why I started this, really, is so that people could say, God, you remember him? And, you know, you'll share it and they'll, you talk and we'll bring out some memories, somebody, and somebody else say, God, I remember him? And Julie will watch it and this is what happens and it just, you know, hopefully it'll bring everybody a bit of happiness and a bit of, you know, I think you'll probably find you'll get a few messages from people saying, God, I remember that. Or I got I had a message from, did you, did you, were you at the same time as Alan Navani, was it? Alan well. Uh, well, uh, Alan, Alan McMillan was probably about maybe th four years or so older than me uh, uh, as well. And Al Alan McElveen was Al Alan McElveen was, was a little bit. In fact, Alan McElveen uh, coached me a little bit towards the back end of my uh, my badminton career yeah. uh, well, as well. But funny, yeah, funny I mean, on YouTube yesterday, he had a message from a guy called Ian Farrell, who's an English guy who came up and having watched it on YouTube, said I was searching for things about and I found this. And he made a comment to Alan. He put, reaches out, and it's incredible. Really? It's absolutely incredible what happens. You'll see people if you just when you when you get it. I don't know if you're on, I don't even know if you're on Facebook, but if you get it, if you can share the YouTube link to some a few friends yeah. and um, and anybody you can talk to, and I'll do the same. I always rewatch these videos and try and find their names. That's why I take notes of people's names, and hopefully we can reconnect the community together and get people that used to play, they used to love it, to get back to it. And we can build the community back up again, right? That's the idea. So. Cool. That's no. I'll uh, I'll let you get on with your evening. Thank you for your night. You've had an hour. And I've, been, I've had you stuck to this seat for an hour and ten. You can go and get your tea now. Oh, thanks. Thanks very much, Martin. It was it was a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. I met a new friend. I've got another new Bobby friend, so I like it a lot. Take care. Happy cool. night. Yeah. Thank you, Gordon. Same to you. Cheers. Thank Cheers. You. Cheers. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers, Martin. Cheers. That's it.